It's Free Talk Live. You may dial in and join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. All kinds of just insane stuff in the news that we can talk about here tonight. Of course, you're welcome to join us. Big news, I think, is that a quarter of Americans now say it's time for the U.S. to split up into red and blue countries. We can talk about that on the way. Plus, the Attilus Gym in New Jersey is once again continuing to be under fire. Uh, We've talked a lot about what's happened to them and how they've been persecuted for just opening up their business. And uh, in the studio, it's Ian. And Angie. Welcome back, Angie. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, it's good, good to have to be you. Back. Nobody's supposed to be joining us. I don't know where he is tonight, so maybe he'll pop in uh, here at some point. But have you heard anything about? I know you're into fitness. Yep, have you been following? I, I have read about it. I read uh, the article today and saw that uh, they seized his assets. Yeah, which they was pretty big. They seized their bank account balance actually in this particular case, which was over a hundred and twenty, hundred and forty, I think, one sixty-five. Wow. $165,000. They just took it all. They did just for opening, for being open, staying open. Correct. Now, uh, I've actually got the statement from the owner of the business here. I believe his name is, or he's a co-owner. There are two owners. This guy's name is Ian Smith, if I recall correctly. And so here is what he has to say about this. What happened? Long and drawn out legal battle against Governor Philip Murphy and Judith Persichelli at the health department here in New Jersey. Most of you listening to this probably have at least some idea of what we've been through in the past eight months. The most recent update as of yesterday was the implementation of a $15,497.76 per day fine for every day that Attilus Jim Belmar opens its doors to its members. Now, we have ongoing litigation in the matter defending ourselves against the unconstitutional... Now, mind you, they've racked up, I believe last time I've heard, it's over a million dollars in fines. Oh, wow. So... Um, I, if I recall that correctly, but it's been $15,000 a day. It doesn't take very long. No, it doesn't. You know, to get there. So going on. Impressive nature of these fines. We also have ongoing litigation against the 80 municipal and criminal charges against us. Ongoing litigation in the case of the revocation of our business license without due process. He mentioned 80 charges. That's a lot of charges. Now they've been arrested already. They've been uh, put in jail for contempt of court. They got out of the jail, you know, for for contempt of yep. court, and they found their business had been locked up. The government gang had shown up with plywood and put it over uh, the the open doors. They had actually removed their doors, meaning that the business owners had removed the doors to their own business because the government kept coming in and changing the locks on them. Oh wow! Yeah, so they kept hiring locksmiths to change the locks on. What's their business? So they remove the doors. So they pulled their own doors off. And yep. so then the government shows up with plywood and puts plywood up and, you know, nails it or screws it up or whatever. And these guys get out of jail after a contempt of court charge, show up and literally kick in uh, the plywood so they could get back well, into I mean, it's their property. Yeah. Well, what you would th- you think it's your yeah. property. The government certainly doesn't act like it is. Let me go on here. And the unconstitutional health department shutdown that was placed upon us in the first place. As of this morning, without warning and without permission and in the middle of litigation, Governor Murphy took it upon himself to empty our bank account entirely to the tune of $165,000. 
And you can hear the sounds. He's uh, showing a bank statement. Mm-hmm. Now, as we do not charge our members, and we have not charged our members since April 1st, we have fought this legal battle and paid our bills entirely on donations from you guys, as wow. well as T-shirt and merchandise sales in-store and online. This will not stop us. We will not stand down. We will continue to fight this fight because we know, based upon what is outlined in the Constitution, that when we get to the right courts and in front of a judge who respects the Constitution. That's going to be the hard part. To find a judge? That respects the Constitution. Well, you can find a judge, but one that respects the Constitution? I don't think you're going to do that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I wish I could be optimistic and I mean about this. I am generally optimistic as far now, as. Do you, you know, know what the mandate is in New Jersey? What do they say you can and can't do there? Oh God, it's New Jersey. I mean, they say you can't do anything in New Jersey. It's one of the worst, most okay. least. It's one of the worst, least free states uh, out there. It's in the bottom five of worst states to live in. Okay. So there's a ton of regulations. Uh, there's a ton of control in New Jersey. I don't have the list. You heard him. He said it, he has 80 charges mm-hmm. against him. So, I mean, it would take a while to even look that over if we could easily access it. We will win this case. And we will make sure that no governor or no government official will ever wield these powers ever again. Well, I mean, I would love that to be the case. I, I hope that they're successful. I hope that they are even half as successful as that they're hoping to be in this in this particular matter but unless we end the idea of the state this is always going to happen to someone someone's going to have to deal with this right and the reason what's really interesting about this case is that they are showing us what it looks like when you actually do stand up for freedom when you're a business owner yeah and you put your business on the line they've been able to continue but it's after ignoring and after refusing and after reopening on purpose and mm-hmm. forcing their way back into their business and getting creative and and now losing their entire bank account balance. I sure hope that they paid their attorneys in advance uh, and that this was not the money that the attorneys that were expecting getting. to get later. Yeah. I hope they paid their attorneys in advance because this is a tactic that the government gang can use to basically kill your case. Because you have no money to fund it. Because you can't pay the attorneys. Yes. Yeah. So uh, what's what's been interesting is sort of watching how the government gang has has dealt with this, because normally when the gang comes to you and says, hey, you're in violation of these business rules that we made and you had no input on and we're going to shove down your throat. Most business owners are upset, but they just meekly go about doing what it is they've been told to do. That's because they're afraid that they'll be shut down and then they won't be able to pay their bills. They won't be able to pay their employees. And it's a legitimate fear. Absolutely. uh, Because the government is a scary group of people and they will ruin your life and they will destroy your business. And that's what they're trying to do to these guys. And most people aren't even willing to get a fine, let alone go to jail. Because both of those things are possible when you refuse to obey. Right. But these guys are willing to do it. And what's more interesting is they actually have, like he mentioned, he's got kids, he's got a family. Um, So to, to be able to to put everything on the line like that is outstanding mm-hmm. and really inspirational and it's it's educational as as well because they've been documenting this the whole time i mean this is one of a myriad of videos this guy has made and posted on his instagram and i don't know where else uh he he's posting them but i presume other places so you can follow along in this whole thing and and have some idea of what this would be like for other people that are going through this unfortunately because so few people bother to stand up for themselves 
it's possible for the state to focus all of its resources on just these two guys from New Jersey because there probably aren't that many other businesses that are standing up in the same way that these guys are. I mean, well, no, and now that they've seen this happen, they're not going to now because they don't want to have to deal with it. They know what's going to happen if they choose right? to disobey. And it's scary. Absolutely. No one wants to lose their entire bank account balance, but there are lessons that can absolutely be learned from this. And one of them is only keep the bare minimum that you need in dollars in a bank account. Yes. Because... You may think it's your account, but it's their account. Oh, yeah. And they will use that account, nobody joining us, if they want. Hey. They'll take it. They'll take every single I've dime. I've worked at a bank. I know. Yep. They just lock Did them up. Did you get jacked? No, I she didn't, but out. I had to tell customers when they came in. I was like, sorry, I can't give you anything. Your account has been seized. Wow. And I mean, that's a that's And not hard by to... the government, by the bank. Well, no, by uh, IRS. They say put a hold on that account. Right. And in this case, it wasn't the IRS. It was the state of New Jersey. So it's not just the IRS that can waltz into the bank, show their badge, and then get an account frozen. It's the state agents that can as well. That's because, you know, banks are chartered by the governments of all at all levels. And, of course, you don't need to be a government to do that. The bank itself can decide, as happened in our case, that, oh, well, one of your customers defrauded somebody, although there's no police report, there's no insurance report, but we've decided that you should be defrauded instead of them, so we're jacking the money out of your account. Yeah, you you are not in control of your bank account, and so, like I said, we got more to say about this. The New Jersey gym having over $160,000 just taken right out of their account. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phone number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can join us here and you can bring up anything that you want to discuss. We're talking about the New New Jersey gym, the Attilus gym, that has been, at least as far as what we can tell, the most non-cooperative of all the businesses that I've heard of thus far throughout this whole COVID crackdown insanity. Gyms in general and this gym in particular. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. You know, it seems like gyms have, uh, well, and I guess it's understandable that they're saying, well, you know, I'm doing what's best for my health. I work hard on my health right. and I don't want somebody else making the decisions about my health. Many of uh, and sometimes the uh, the doctors, the so-called experts, are in way worse shape. There's like this huge woman in uh, the uh, the European Union who's this minister of health, and she's like this. Oh yeah, the big one Bertha. with the seven necks. Yeah, she's youngest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how can you take this woman seriously when yeah. she talks about health? Yeah. So every uh, time I look at her, I'm like, you're lying through your tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, these guys, they are in great shape. And uh, I mean, it certainly helps to be a bodybuilder when the cops are going to come after you because they're going to treat you a little bit differently. Right. Uh, yeah. You hope so anyway. Well, yeah. the, the, the downside of that is that means they might decide they're just going to kill you. More aggressive. But, they uh, might. In this know, case, they bring 17 officers with yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. They bring five for me, and I'm like 5'10 and, right. you know, 50. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, the next chapter here.
here has been written in these guys' story. Uh, they've, they're facing hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars in fines at this point that have just uh-huh. been racking up at $15,000 a day for months uh, that have been going on. And now the government has come in there and just taken every single penny they had right out of their bank account. Wow. And likely that's only going to satisfy a portion of the total number of fines because mm-hmm. $160,000, I mean, that's 10 days. Okay. You Let's know? set up a crypto wallet for those guys. You know, maybe maybe not fill it to that extent, but mm-hmm. set up a f- crypto wallet, send them the keys, and then throw it up on, on the web that this is here. And if you want to help them out, there's, there's a place you can send a little crypto because there's a lot of people cr- flush with crypto earnings right now mm-hmm. and i don't know about anybody else but i would send them a hundred bucks well now that's the thing i would be surprised if they hadn't already heard about cryptocurrency but if they haven't but have they, they had anybody drop some on them? yeah i don't know that's a good question and, and, <laughs> and that's the other thing i wanted to point out here was that not only should you not be trusting your bank account at all because uh-huh. they can close it and take all the money out anytime they want to, they being the government or the bank, as you pointed out, nobody. Yeah, um, you're not in control of it. So keep as little in there as you as you need. You know, if you if you're paying your power bill through the bank account, then you want to have enough in there to pay the power bill. But beyond that, mm-hmm. you know, anything else is is at severe risk. Whereas if you're holding it in cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Bitcoin mm-hmm. Cash or you know one of the other, there's even dollar tokens. These sort of what they call stable coins. You can still even have mm-hmm. quote unquote dollars, even though you uh, you don't have a bank account. You yeah. can still have them in you, crypto. You form. have what they call in the uh, investment business dollar exposure, mm-hmm. which means a dollar denominated security which is not a dollar right or, and in this case quite possibly not a security uh but that's it's just representation a of a dollar <laughs> yeah and so that you know allows you to have some extra flexibility and if it comes down to it some of these businesses are probably going to have to start paying their employees in cryptocurrency because if you if unless they're only running this gym by themselves i presume they've got some mm-hmm. help and so it, you can't pay your employees if the government just took Every single cent out of your bank account. So what you can do is have your employees get a Bitcoin account or a crypto account, whichever mm-hmm. crypto we're talking about, and pay them in cryptocurrency. Then it doesn't yeah. even go through the banks. Then it doesn't go through the tax system. You yeah. know, th- this may be the beginning. I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic, right? Well, for right? taxes, there's another thing you can do, which somebody in Las Vegas did, and I thought it was brilliant, which is paying his employees in silver dimes and then mm. taxing them on the face value. Right, because it's face value. <laughs> it's 10 legal cents. tender. Right. It's ten cents, <laughs> but it's worth like three bucks or whatever, right? Or yeah, two bucks yeah. Or, and that's how you yeah. can buy a gallon of gas for a dime still. <laughs> that's a great point. Let's go to your calls and thoughts here. We got Truth Seeker. He's on the line in Utah. Truth Seeker, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, before I get to my main point, is I just want to make sure you are all are aware that every Bitcoin transaction is a taxable event. Oh, I don't agree with what their rules are. So, no, I wouldn't agree with uh, any of those things. Yeah, I, I... I know you don't agree, but other people that are playing by the rules, you know, uh, your, your listeners, they need to be aware that if they're trying to play by the rules... Well, uh, stop being a sucker and stop playing by the yeah. rules. I mean, It's the... not clear that those are the rules either. Yeah. I mean, basically, Bitcoin is prepaid computer cycles. 
is rented computer time that they're going to use one day to process a transaction for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I recall, passing around gift certificates for computer time is not a taxable event. Mm. So it you know it all depends on on how you look at it. And I'm really curious as to how these things are going to be adjudicated in the future. Yeah. Also, there's another argument that uh, Bitcoin is freedom of speech as well because it's just computer code and somebody wrote that. Someone calling themselves Satoshi nakamoto and so you're essentially just passing around the speech of this guy yeah i mean the uh yeah or or you know the information produced by by the program but that could definitely uh be said the fact that somebody's given you some information that doesn't mean you're the only person who has that information and it doesn't mean you're the person who's going to use that information information can be copied yeah what you're referring to truth seeker and uh, obviously you're i'm guessing you're not an attorney and neither are we but what you're referring to is that the irs this group of criminals in the government gang they say that somebody who this is my understanding of what i've heard at least that Somebody who acquires Bitcoin has to keep track of at what dollar value it was acquired and when and how much Bitcoin it was. And then if they subsequently sell or buy something with that Bitcoin later, they have to keep track of how much the dollar value was of the Bitcoin and when and how. And then whatever the difference is, that's somehow like a taxable event due to capital gains or some bs and they would say the same about gold or silver Mm -hmm. or anything else it's just that that's not something that anybody could do no it's it's basically out of the realm of possibility the, the question is not what was its nominal dollar value at the time you spent it but what was its dollar? What was the dollar value of what you re- received in return? Mm-hmm. And there's no record of what you received in return. Well, there might be if you bought a thing online. You may have an email that shows what you've purchased in that particular case. Uh, that's true. In the general case, though, there's 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 no guarantee that there's a record. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah, that much is true. Uh, and and also, it's an impossibility. If you've if you if you've ever bought one fraction of a Bitcoin one time, then yeah, maybe you could keep track of this. But if you've purchased a bunch of Bitcoin, well, it all goes into basically the same place i mean without getting too technical mm-hmm. um when you spend bitcoin you don't know from which are you getting it from the original pile that you got back in 2015 or was it the pile you got when you were in you know in 2016 or you've bought some every month or every week because you're due dollar you know doing dollar cost averaging you don't know mm-hmm. from which pile it's it's pulling it when it sends you have no idea this is an impossible thing to calculate yeah i mean the closest you could come would would be keep adding the dollars that you spend to a total and keep adding the Bitcoin that you received to a total, and then you would have the average and you'd be able to track from that. But even that's pretty crazy. Uh, There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions, or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror, Weird World War III. Available now from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. Open phones. When you want to join us, you can at 603-283-6160. And when I say open phones, I mean generally. Right now, they're actually busy because we've got callers, and we're going to get back to them here in just a moment. 
But with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Angie. And, of course, you can. Angie. Yes, indeed. She has, she has returned. It's good to have you back. Uh, so you can join us online. Just go to freetalklive.com. You want to take a look at what's happening in the studio. You can go to either our Twitch or DLive. We have video streaming platforms that have not deplatformed us yet. So for the moment, you can go to twitch.lrn.fm or dlive.lrn.fm. It's a coming, though. There. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> uh, we're working on something, which I don't want to talk about yet, that could be an alternative. Uh, there's okay. a peer-to-peer streaming system out there now. Oh. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about further than that. Is, is it the same one that we've talked about in the past with reference to another environment i don't think so but i okay. uh it's <laughs> it's one i'd never heard of before until uh last week and so we're, we're we got our tech tech crew working on that as uh, as we speak so i don't know how nice. soon that'll be ready but we're working on it uh so we're, i want you to, we must be the most technical church in the world i don't know about <laughs> that but uh bitcoin.com is where you can go to learn about cryptocurrency we've been talking about how crypto can help insulate you from things like oh i don't know the governor of new jersey coming in and stealing every dime out of your bank account if you is want that to, still that fat guy chris Christine. I think it is still that guy. Oh, yeah. God. I, I could be wrong about... No, I think they changed it. I think there's a new fat guy or something. Oh, they uh, got a new fat guy. I don't That's know. Great. I mean, I'm just presuming he's fat because, <laughs> you know, these tax feeders, they, uh, they, they're they re- pretty well fed. Growing uh, fat on our wealth and our blood. Indeed. So go to Bitcoin.com, learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash there, and you can just click Get Started right there at the, uh, the top of the page and watch the first video or more than one. We're going to go back to Truth Seeker. Uh, he'd called in here tonight, and Truth Seeker, I don't, I don't think you'd gotten to the point of your call. So go ahead. Yeah. So I, on your other, uh, your show the other night, you were you were talking about Apple versus Android, and uh, you know you, you're saying a lot of good things about Android and and not a lot of good stuff about Apple. And so just as a anarcho-capitalist techie guy, I want to give you three good reasons to get an Apple. Okay, well before you before are, you do that, I do want to say that we weren't saying good things about Google or or Apple, oh, sure. we, were com- we were comparing the two platforms and pointing out that Apple is a more centrally controlled platform than Google. They're both bad, though. In my view, Android is yeah. awful and Apple is worse. All right, so go ahead with your three reasons. <laughs> okay, why, why Apple is better, in my opinion, are the three reasons are uh, it's support, privacy, and security updates. Okay, privacy? Because it sounds like you don't have a whole lot of... Uh, privacy if they want to, you know, come after you? Well, the reason I say privacy is Google's business um, model is to sell all your information to their advertisers. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. collect as much data on people that use their system as possible. They've been caught okay. turning on their uh, Google, their GPS without users um, requ- requesting it. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple's business model is not to collect data and sell it to third-party advertisers. There's there's a technical technical businesses they produce phones and other devices so they don't hmm. they don't try and track their their users. Okay, so it was uh, you said security updates, uh, support s- support and support is almost certainly privacy. better from Apple because mm-hmm. it's non-existent from Google. Gotcha. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, with Android, with Android, if you get two years of support, you're lucky. Android mm-hmm. or Google. Mm-hmm. Um, they, but but Apple supports. I mean, they're still supporting the the iPhone 6s, which was, was from 2015. 
Uh, right. whereas now, most Google people don't Android, keep a phone for more than two years anyway because nope. they're constantly dumping them and, and replacing them, and it's this constant you know, race to, uh, uh, to get the latest and greatest devices. Your typical user probably doesn't even keep their phone for much more than a year right. uh, in a lot of cases. But regardless, um, so those are you know, some points, and to me it seems like generally most people are going to be concerned, especially today, about what they can and can't do with their phones, not so much the support and, and those other things. And when it comes to apple they're just more restrictive they 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 can you know mm-hmm. pull apps completely sure. and you have no way of installing those apps on the operating system unless you want to jailbreak the phone in which case i don't know what uh what that does now as a programmer would i be able to load an app that i wrote on my own phone on apple iphone mm-hmm. yes not that i know of i mean uh, <laughs> that's like amazing closed source closed system that's that's horrific. Uh, that that would stymie me as a programmer yeah, if I had supposed to throw, to test throw something in the store before I could test. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so, and I don't know. I'm not see, a programmer, I loved, so I could be wrong. I loved the Apple II. I cut my teeth on the Apple II, and I abandoned Apple when they came out with the very first Macintosh. I bought one. Mm-hmm. And then they told me that I I went down to the computer store and I was like, yeah, I can't figure out how to open the case on this thing mm. so I can see what's in there. And they said, oh, you need a special tool to do that. Right. And I said, oh, that sucks. How much? And they said, we can't, can't. sell you one. They, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep, that's how they roll, and that's how they've that's how they've been for a long time, as you pointed out. Yeah. And they're they're still a very proprietary company today. Only if you want somebody to work on your phone, it better be Apple, and you're going to pay top dollar for it. So, Truth Seeker, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're going for openness. Google is just a little bit more open than Apple as far as allowing you to install third-party software onto their phones. You can root the phones easier and you know strip it down from as much Google as you possibly can. I am assuming that Google owns Android. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Thank okay. you for the, the clarification yes. on that. Yeah, I um, figured that. And actually, I'm planning on buying a phone uh, possibly on the air tomorrow night because I'm oh. buying it from the Penguin. I'm buying yeah. one of his uh, new rooted uh, oh, pre-rooted. Uh, Non-Android uh, phones. It's got, I, it I don't lineage? know if it's got Ubuntu or, or Lineage Does it make it. phone calls? Uh, yes, I believe it does. Oh, sweet. I and, think he and, said it had Lineage. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think he did. That, that's, that's what I would have expected. He'll probably Partially tell us about it because tomorrow. I want to make sure that my app runs with Lineage, mm-hmm. sure. uh, our app, uh, and partially because, you know, I just want a phone where I know what that phone what that phone is doing i know why it's doing it and i know how to make it stop if mm-hmm. i don't like it <laughs> yeah i imagine he'll tell us a little bit more about that uh, tomorrow night i hope so so we'll check that out then let's go in the meantime to tom he is in new hampshire tom you're on free talk live yeah good evening uh many years ago uh, specifically on 24 May 1979, Governor Hugh Gallon signed a bill here in New Hampshire to raise the drinking age from 18 to 20. And of Bastard. course, this was going along uh, around the country. There was this trend to do this, and they vomited forth the excuse that they wanted to save lives on the road. Hmm. So instead of imposing tougher drunk driving laws on themselves, they would rather uh, just punish everybody younger than 21, no matter how responsibly the person drinks. Right. Uh, and uh, then they showed how much they actually cared about the carnage on the roads by raising the speed limits 
because, of course, the drinking age is an unforgivable hate crime and an attack on the fundamental rights and uh, the basic human dignity of people under 21. Absolutely. While speed limits are incon- inconvenient to persons who matter. And mm. I'm just kind of wondering, after these riots down in Washington, D.C., where are the rioters when you need them? Well, supposedly there's uh, I'm not going to say it's a riot, but there's a protest that is planned for all 50 state houses coming up on Monday. There's been a lot of buzz about this in certain circles. Mm. Some people believe it's actually the federal government that is organizing or promoting these things. They're definitely promoting it because the FBI sent out a notice about this uh, earlier this week, giving people a heads up that, you know, watch out. These things are happening in state houses. Uh, there's this, There was a story in the news today that the New Hampshire State House, for instance, is uh, I guess beefing up security as well as the main state house. And so this is happening in other states as well, where there's expected to be a large security presence that will be present for these, what are purported to be peaceful yet armed protests uh, scheduled for high noon on Sunday this weekend. And I think they're welcoming everybody. I think the idea is they want to get uh, not only the boogie boys and the militia, but also Antifa and oh, really? the BLM people out there and have a dialogue. Interesting. So it'll be I- interesting if it happens. Just don't do anything because the place is going to be full of cops. Yeah, there's more coming up here. 603-283-6160. Thanks for the call, Tom. And you can share your thoughts with us on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whatever you want to discuss, you can do that here. And also, I want to say thank you to Jesse Cruz, who is a Free Talk Live Silver Amplifier. Jesse is contributing five bucks a month to the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It is a way for you to help us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations and bring new people to the ideas of freedom. So, if that's worth five bucks a month to you, if you like what we do, please head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up there just like jesse did that's ampamp.freetalklive.com and you can use your debit card your credit card your paypal your bitcoin btc over at amp.freetalklive.com so we were playing earlier You're taking btc on a five dollar a month transaction no that's, you want to you, cost you have you like to do at ten dollars to send it yeah you have to do at least three <laughs> months uh in that case and i would recommend doing more than three months at once you have to do like a prepay Oh, for, okay. For okay, groovy. Uh, so we Could were playing send you five a month in BCH. Anything? Yeah, BCC. unfortunately, we don't have the uh, the technical reception ability for anything besides BTC. It costs quite a lot of money to implement uh, BTC, and we just don't have people knocking down our door trying to give us cryptos. So it's just not worth spending any more money trying to let people use crypto so if you want to do another crypto you just have to email me directly and i'll make that possible for you it's just easier that way someday i'll look at your site and see if i can hack it okay so (laughs) anyway back to the story here of the new jersey gym the attilis gym that has been facing all manner of of uh, takedowns and or at least attempts to stop them from running their business of allowing people to come in and 
work out if they want to do that because you know people should be free to make choices for themselves if they want to go into a gym with other people and take whatever risk that they feel that they might be taking to do that they should be free to make that choice but this government is using covid as their excuse to take away all choices to take away all options and i'm more likely to die of not going to the gym than i am to die of covid because i've lost all the muscle tone in my buns Mm -hmm. and now when i sit down my legs go to sleep it's not good very bad Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that they don't want you going to the gym. They want you to be sick and more dependent so you can look to the government, I guess, as your solution. Here's the remainder of what Ian Smith has to say after the government of New Jersey. Oh, apparently the name of the governor there is now Phil Murphy instead of the other guy Chris Christie. Uh, Chris Christie. Yeah. So, uh, Phil Murphy, Jack the fat man who said that uh pot smokers have no self-control. Yep. Well, now you can smoke pot finally in New Jersey, but uh, you can't work out you just or can't do- leave the house yeah you can't do anything else and uh and so anyway they they said that would be the effect if they let us smoke pot we'd never leave the house but they didn't say they were going to keep us in (laughs) (laughs) uh they took one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. that is to say all of the money that uh, this jim had out of their bank (sighs) account and that is what he is announcing here in this video and there he's saying it's not going to stop them let's continue with the video we will continue to fight this fight because we know based upon what is outlined in the Constitution, that when we get to the right courts and in front of a judge who respects the Constitution, we will win this case. And we will make sure that no governor or no government official will ever wield these powers ever again. So this will not stop us. We are asking for your continued support in any way possible. Please share this video on all platforms as much as you can. Continue to keep our story in the forefront. If you can donate, Please donate. We have a secure fund now being started for ongoing litigation. If you want to buy some merchandise, we will get it out to you as soon as possible. We truly thank every single person who has helped us along the way over the past eight months. I can't say that or stress that enough. This is the most important thing that Frank and I have ever done, and we are going to see it all the way through. Thank you guys very much. As soon as there is an update on the matter, I will post it. Kudos. Thank goodness for those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I wish more people had that level of courage because if they did, mm-hmm. if they weren't the only business in New Jersey, and maybe they're not, you know, maybe the other ones aren't getting yeah. any coverage, but if they weren't the one of the only few businesses standing up against the government, if instead mm-hmm. there were 5%, 1% even of business owners who were refusing to be told what to do, it would make the government gang's job so difficult. They don't have the resources. To go after all of us. And imagine... Or even part of us. If these guys were set up so that when the cops do show up, you know, they could hit a button and let all of their members know. Oh, yeah. And get their members to come down there and support them. That would be amazing. You know, it really would. That is... Someday, someday, I, I hope that will will exist. Me too. And I know you're working on that uh, behind the scenes. So if you want to comment, you can join us 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But whatever businesses there are in your area, if there's even businesses that are doing a quarter of what Attila's gym is, even if they're just, you know, not wearing masks sometimes or letting you in and not bugging you about it or whatever, right? Like there's different levels of non-cooperation with this. Give your business to those people and tell them thank you. 
Let them know. Give them a good review on you know Google or or wherever it is that people do Yelp online reviews. Now I heard by the way the other day that Yelp now has a snitch feature. A snitch did hear, feature. Did you hear about this? Oh what is that? God. You know what snitching is, right? Yeah, I know what snitching is, but how would you have a snitch You know what feature? Yelp is? Oh, they have it for the masks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So if you're not being all, you know, if you're not, if you don't believe the political science, you know, the science is settled, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then uh, they'll they'll let your customers snitch you out, which, why didn't your customers just go someplace else if they don't like it? I don't know. Because these people feel like they are owed something. These are Karens, right? They, they, these mm-hmm. are people who believe that they're entitled to being able to shop at your business and have you jump through the hoops that they want you to jump through. Oh, you! I don't feel safe. You're not wearing a mask. You I don't feel do safe if they are wearing a mask. They might be some guy who was just robbing the store when mm-hmm. I came in. You know, no, he's no, got no, his no. little burglar mask on, and you know, he might rob me too. <laughs> We've seen a local business owner here in the area who's sort of our local Attilis Jim. She owns a business called Fucking Great. Well, she's better uh, looking though. She's yeah, she's really nice. Uh, but uh, Fucking Great is uh, a local pho noodle place. Pho is a Vietnamese noodle, and she is just. So she's so courageous because she's not putting any mask on at any point, and she has gotten angry customers leaving her angry, negative, you know, one star or two star reviews on Google or wherever uh, about her business. And so, luckily, the government gang hasn't come after her yet, which is interesting because she actually rents from the city of Keene. I thought about that because she's right next door mm-hmm. to the government mm-hmm. offices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. So two things. I'm, I'm, I wonder if they're scared of her because they've all, she's already beaten them right. in their own court system once over the name it of the It never place. went to court, but she did beat them in the court of public opinion in that matter. Okay. Uh, um, that 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 in that case you're talking about when they were opening the business in the city of Keene it was 2018 I believe it was the mm-hmm. uh, fall was it winter of 2018 anyway a couple of years ago they were opening the business or about to open the business and the city of Keene says whoa 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 we can't let you open this business it's got an offensive name even and though they'd rented to her like eight months before correct, yeah. under that name they cashed uh-huh. they cashed eight months of rent checks while she was remodeling the place. And then they only had a problem when it came to Christmas Eve. They called one of the co-owners and said, yeah, we're not going to let you get your sign permit because of the name. Well, we put the news out about that at freekeen.com. It got picked up by mainstream media, and it went international. I remember that. And People were freaking out. They, uh, Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were uh, rightfully upset at what the city of Keene was doing, and so it became this international headline. And so originally the city of Keene was saying, oh, well, we, we need to have a meeting with you in three weeks. Well, they canceled the meeting and approved her sign. <laughs> so it never had to go to court. So I wonder the other possibility, though, is maybe there's some city bureaucrat who like just can't get enough of her noodles. <laughs> and be. so it's like he's. He's like defending her from from the rest of the world because he loves those noodles. They're good noodles. Whatever it takes. As long as they're leaving her alone, that's that's what's important. Because it is nice when they leave you alone. I mean, ultimately, that, you know, some people accuse me of wanting to fight with the government. I really don't. I'd rather they just leave me alone and leave my friends alone. And if they leave people alone, then I got no no problem. But the problem with the government is they don't leave people alone. They constantly mess with people. They constantly come up with stupid rules. Our friends that run a convenience store, Chris Reitman, the former co-host here on Free Talk Live, they're mandating that all convenience stores hold their coffee cups behind the counter. 
That's crazy talk. So you're allowed to put your hands on every other item in the store. You know, you grab a Mm -hmm. pack of beef jerky, look at it, decide it's got too many calories, you put it back on the shelf. They don't want that to happen with a coffee cup. Right. Because COVID. Because you're going to take them out and well, play with them? Or I guess, and then put it back yep. on the on COVID the stack. viruses, are, they're coffee junkies. That's why. Yeah. They've got to have the coffee. <laughs> this is so and stupid. Otherwise, so... they won't wake up in the morning. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> uh, but that's what they're telling these business owners. They're scared to go out at night, too, these COVID viruses. And most business... Well, now there's an all-day curfew in Lebanon. Not New Hampshire, but Le- Lebanon, the, uh, the country. Oh, so, good lord. I don't think you can call it a curfew if it's 24 hours a day. No, that's I, lockdown. That's just straight up. You're yeah, in prison. That's yep. just imprisonment yep. without trial. More coming up here in moments. If you want to comment, America says it's time to split up, or at least 25% of Americans will tell yeah. you that. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news. All on a slick and easy-to-use website. All put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and our number for you, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Angie. And, of course, you can take control of the airwaves here. There's a lot in the news that we can talk about here tonight. I know that... Uh, nobody, you wanted to discuss Fool's Gold. Yes. Which, uh, we'll get into that. And the fool who compares Bitcoin to. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting, because I also had an anti-Bitcoin article in my show prep as well. Yet another person announcing that the Bitcoin dream is dead. Again? Yes, once again, it has died again. So we can talk about that. But Does that mean in three days it's going to rise again? Because yeah. it seems to rise three days rise after its death is announced. Yeah, I believe, what did it uh, scrape 40000 again today? Where is it at right now? Let's see. Bitcoin price, 39500 yeah. as close. we speak. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, what was it? It was 6000 within a the year last ago. year. Yeah. 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 So, but we can talk about that later. Jeez, if only I'd put my money in, you know, some theater chain or something. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the other thing that's more exciting than Bitcoin, and Bitcoin's been the real highlight, uh, I think, for a lot of people in 2020. But uh, the other thing that's more exciting is people are starting to talk about secession again. And I got to say, I'm pretty excited about that possibility and the fact that people are even you know, discussing the idea of declaring independence. And did you say 25%? Well, now, according to uh, this news post here, it's at a website called justthenews.com. They are citing Rasmussen. And yeah, just the news. Let's Rasmussen. Wasn't he that crazy Russian monk? I think No, that was Rasputin. Else, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this isn't just a prophecy. So apparently they partnered up with Rasmussen. Uh, just the News, I guess, hired them or partnered with them in some way. Uh, and a sizable percentage of U.S. voters, so voters, which is different than 
everyone in the U.S., support a poll, or rather a proposal, to split the country into two separate countries amid bitter political divides, according to a new Just the News Daily poll with Scott Rasmussen. 25% of respondents back, quote, splitting the red states and blue states into separate countries, while a solid majority, 62% of them, oppose such a measure. Well, I... 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 I support it as an improvement, but living in in the purple state, Mm -hmm. then I would say, well, you know, we're going to have to secede again, probably. You said the purple state. Tell me why you say the purple state. uh, Because purple is neither red nor blue. It's a mix. It's something in between. I used to to describe myself as a radical centrist back in the day. And I said radical centrist because on any given issue, I was to the left of the Democrats or to the right of the Republicans. Okay. Um, And so... (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's it's the same sort of thing. There's, uh, you know, I... But, you know, any... Anything that uh, this is, you know, why why I was so happy about Brexit, even though it didn't Mm -hmm. increase my freedom at all. It was the idea that, yes, it's okay to secede. It's okay to say thanks, but no thanks. You know, we're breaking up and you don't have to have a war. They and they didn't, and uh, it it yeah. took four plus years, sadly, for them to accomplish it politically. But it finally happened. They finally yeah. finished the Brexit thing. Now Brexit is no longer part of the European Union, and that became a thing in I think December. Yeah. yeah. So um, here's a here's a further breakdown of the numbers according to the poll. The actual question they asked was. Some have suggested that the red and blue states, i.e. the Republican-leaning states and Democratic-leaning states, should split into separate countries. Would you favor or oppose splitting the red and blue states into separate countries? 11% said they strongly favor. 14% said they somewhat favor. So that's the 24 uh, and change percent. Uh, Somewhat oppose. 10% said they somewhat oppose. And then 52% strongly oppose with 12% who aren't sure. So Mm. to me... And, you know, again, that's they're asking. It's an interesting question, but it's the wrong question. What we need to be focusing on Mm -hmm. is individual states. And should they have the ability to say goodbye? And would you support and would you support seeing other states leave the union? That to me is the most important thing. If another state chose to leave the union, would you or would you not uh support subduing them by force. with violence yeah and 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 i wonder how that 52 percent would break would down answer yeah. on that yeah. i want to know yeah because i've got an inquiring mind well if you got enough <laughs> money you can probably hire scott rasmussen to ask the question but uh, nonetheless, if you've got much less money. You might be able to hire somebody else to ask the question. It's an interesting <laughs> result, and it's one of two polls that I wanted to share here tonight. Here's another one. This one is an Axios Ipsos poll where Republicans and Democrats both agree America is falling apart. They polled 1,019 U.S. adults in the last three days, January 11th, 12th, and 13th. 
Two parties agree that both Republicans and Democrats say America is falling apart. The question, asked Tuesday and Wednesday, reflects the collision of crises besetting the country, a backdrop of pandemic, recession, decoupling of red-blue America, and racial injustice in the immediacy of the Capitol insurrection, followed by impeachment too. 22% of Democrats and 19% of independents, one-fifth of each say they aren't proud to be an American. 7% of Republicans and 17% of Americans as a whole say that. The bottom line, something they agree on, that is Republicans, 83% say America is falling apart. Democrats, 78% say America is falling apart. So this is a very, very good sign. Well, if you cook it long enough, it'll fall right off the bone. (laughs) So I think this is very, you know, I'm optimistic about this because if if people believe a thing, then it can become real. Well, if they're right. watching the news, it's going to look like America's falling apart. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it is. And, and it should. Yeah. Because the thing is, uh, like, I had this guy who, who I talked about. Uh, I asked him about secession. He was calling in about trying to get all of America on the same page again. It's like, well, not everybody is going to agree with you. So tell, riddle me this. Would you be willing to be ruled half the time by Democrats? And he was like, well, no. And I was like, well, then you really ought to think of secession right. because they're not willing to be ruled all the time by you. it is something that people need to start thinking about and if if folks are so frustrated with the divisions in this country there's no better time than now than to start to talk about this this is one of the reasons why i've been going to black lives matter events and i've been going to right-wing protests and Mm -hmm. bringing out the secessionist flyers because everybody needs to hear about this idea Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it needs to be separated from the reasons for prior secessions. And it needs to be, mm-hmm. we, we need to right. dispel the idea that the, that the Civil War, the so-called Civil War, which was not a civil war, uh, was the only war of secession fought in America because there were two wars of secession fought in mm-hmm. America. The first one we call a revolution, but it wasn't a revolution. It was, it was a, a war secession. of secession. Yep. The second one we call a civil war, but it wasn't a civil war. It was a war of secession. Correct. You know, and sometimes, I mean, if if there were state slave states in the United States again and they wanted to leave, I'd say, don't let the door hit you in the boot. When on on your way out, and I would hope and that then those I'd slaves smuggle weapons es- down to their yeah. slaves. Yeah, but yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I hope they could escape from that place and get out. Yeah, of it. exactly. And and that's what should happen right now is that people should make an ex- escape from the places that they don't like. Quit trying to change it. Quit trying. If you're yeah. in California and you're a liberty-minded person, quit trying to like impeach the governor or whatever fruitless, pointless task it is that people are doing there to you know yeah. change things and just bail. A bail or, or take some land with you in bail because there's also the Jefferson uh, mm-hmm. the proposal where they're talking. Northern California. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Northern ta- California has talked about seceding from the rest of California. Well, yep, California is way bigger than most states. So is yep. Texas. So if they want to have some internal secession, that's a great idea. I agree. The number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whether you want to weigh in on secession, do you think it's it's finally time? Or do you think that the U.S. needs to give it another 200 years? Oh, God. 603-283-6160. And if you don't think it's failed, at what point will you admit the United States is a failure? 
for you to join us here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Angie. Of course, you can bring up anything you want. And you can take control of the airwaves. We've been talking about the American people and some interesting surveys. One, finding that about 80% of Americans think that the uh, country is is failing, basically. It's it's you know having some serious problems. Uh, it's falling apart, I think, was the words that the, mm-hmm. the poll used. And then there's about 25% of Americans who think that it's time for the red and blue states to go their separate ways, with yeah. about 50-some percent saying, definitely don't break up. But there's another 12% that was unsure. So I would say 25% saying it's time to split up with another 12% unsure. That's a real good starting point for a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, know, you got to ask yourself, how much... Of a of a of a majority should you have to have to force your will on other people? I mean, one hundred percent. I don't think you should be able to force your will on on other people. I who mean, gets to decide yeah, in the yeah. state if they are going to move forward with that? Yeah, that's the tricky part. Is obviously some people want to stay together with the United States, but the way political things are set up, you know, it may take a supermajority to do like a constitutional amendment. But, you know, you might be able to get that with 66% or 67% of the populace. And that's why the violence question is so important. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to ke- kill us to make us stay like like some sort of an, a mad, abusive husband? Right. Uh, because if I can't have you, nobody else will, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's not like I want to join another country. I'd, I'd rather just be free. I'd need some time on my own. Right. But... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's because I don't think that all of those people would be down with killing their countrymen. I don't think they would prevent them from leaving. At least I would hope that they're not. And I hope we get to find out because, you know, I don't think that the fear of what might happen should stop people from moving forward with this, because ultimately that is the thing. That's the big objection. When you bring up secession or declaring independence again, Mm -hmm. the big objection is, oh, my God, they're going to kill us. They're going to roll in tanks. They're going to drop a nuke. Uh, And it's like, oh, so you believe they're that insane and violent? Well, that's why we should leave. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that Canada is going to have something to say about it if they decide to nuke New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. They're not going to like that up in canada eh? that's true not that they yeah. have any guns but you right. know um so i don't do know do they have nuclear doing. weapons does canada have nukes uh no but they've got an awful lot of uh of 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 horton's uh, uh tim horton's tim horton's <laughs> um you know so uh, you throw some donuts all they need coffee. to do is is get their people all hyped up on coffee they can't, though. Right now, they're locked down in uh, Canadian streets. I don't know if it's every province, but in uh, in somewhere, I forget which town, city it was. It may be Canada-wide. I don't know the details on the story, but they've got full-on lockdowns at nighttime with police rolling through the streets at as slow a pace as they can possibly drive, blaring their sirens. Oh, that's going to oh, be great. Oh, really? Great. So, yeah. so you can't sleep either. No. You can't go out and you can't sleep. Right. Yeah. Imagine, you know, 
It's one thing to have a cop blow, blow by your house at 80 miles an hour mm-hmm. with a siren on. That's an inconvenience. But when they're literally going 5 to 10 miles an hour, you can walk faster or yep. ride your bike faster than these cars. Going down the street and blaring sirens at God knows how late at night. There's video footage of this well, happening. Well, if you're exhausted, you can't think straight the next day. Right. And if yeah. they continue to do it, you're the You'll the go Canadian crazy. P- yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like they're using psychological Torture. warfare to yep. keep the uh, population off their feet, unable to fight back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, this is why you don't give up your guns, because if they did that in New York City, even, you know, somebody would be taking pot <laughs> shots at those cops. <laughs> I don't know. New York City's been pretty cracked down upon, and there hasn't been much resistance well, there. They got a lot of gangs in New York that, uh, you know, they need their sleep, too. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to comment, you can. 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want. And I did mention the uh, the Yelp feature. That's in the, the news here, where Yelp is now giving people a way to scold local businesses from a place of moral superiority, according to RT.com, launching a feedback feature to reflect how well a business is enforcing social distancing, face coverings, and other COVID-19 rules. So if, wow. you, if you needed a reason to uninstall Yelp, uh, there's a good one. I uninstalled Yelp a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I found out that Yelp, apparently what they do is they go around to businesses. They've got like local salespeople or they make phone calls or whatever. Somehow mm-hmm. they, they target local businesses and they say, hey, we saw that you got all these you know reviews here on Yelp. How would you like to be able to remove the bad ones that you don't like? And they, you know, what business, you know, wouldn't want to be able to have that control. Uh, So they sell the subscription to the business based on that, you know, you'll be able to be moderating your own business's comments if you just pay them per month or per year. And so you can go on and move to delete things that you don't like? That's what I've heard. That sounds very much like extortion to me. Right? It it yeah. really does. It's sl- slimy. It's, it's yeah. it is. Yeah. And I I don't know what all the other perks were. I imagine you know you get more pictures or whatever. There's probably other benefits. They they sell you this whole package of yeah. you're a Yelp subscriber at that point. I imagine your results come up higher up on the list and and things it, like that. I'll bet I'll bet uh, Bank of America would love to remove my review of them. Imagine though paying <laughs> Uh, Yelp all this time, you know, giving them every year, every month their subscription fee to be in their preferred class of services, and then they turn on an option that allows the users to basically snitch you out uh, on now, the I platform. I wonder if you could but turn maybe that you off. you can delete those too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can you just say, oh, well, we don't want that feature on ours? That's a good question. I don't know about that. That would be a good selling point for them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I uninstalled it after I learned that they allow people to just go in and delete you know, bad reviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand why in some cases that would be beneficial because how do you prove the person actually went and purchased a thing and they're not just a hater? So, but on the other hand, I do understand there's some value in having, you know, un- uninterrupted mm-hmm. reviews or unmolested reviews there. Yeah. So. And, you know, generally that's why averages are kind of better than reviews because Mm -hmm. yeah every business is going to have some haters and every business is going to have some lovers and and you know what the the proportion of each might tell you something you know unless they're able to go in and cook the books um like this 
Multiple logged-in users must agree on whether social distancing and mask wearing are being enforced for those evaluations to appear on a business's page. Yelp said that they've got a system in place to stop potential misuse of the feature, at least so they believe. But nonetheless, well, sure the feature exists. Very concerned about that. Yeah, but nonetheless, the feature exists, and it basically allows people to snitch on businesses. And, and how? I mean, how much them. time do you have to have to be like, oh, okay, well, I went in here and I didn't have to wear, or they didn't wear mask. I need to go on to Yelp and go and do that. Give me a moment. They're busybodies. Yeah. That's exactly. exactly what they do with their time. Yeah, that's like, what they're like interested in. The old in. ladies who used to stare out the window mm-hmm. with their binoculars, and you know, oh, this one's having a having a visitor. At You've lunch, gone past the house twice. You know. Yeah, the postman <laughs> knocks twice. Our number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. If you want to join us here, coming up, we can talk about the Bitcoin. Is it dead? According to one Again? article, and then you've got uh, a guy who's Three a gold days. gold bug who's on the attack, calling Bitcoin fools gold. Yeah. So I bet if if you've listened before, you can probably guess who it is. There's more coming up here in moments. Uh, it's six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty here on Free Talk Live. Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living. To survive and to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war, Sarah must unite the Mound Builder Kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can reach us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Angie. We've been talking about the United States splitting up, talking about independence, talking about over the last week at least, and of course, you know, years, but certainly in the last week, decentralized options for social media and communicating online there's been big news recently that people have been leaving some of the big tech platforms and going to the lesser tech platforms like telegram and signal right now signal is the number one most downloaded app on the google app store nice telegram is the number two most downloaded app and meanwhile i'm told that uh Facebook and Twitter combined have lost $51 billion in market cap. All right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Glad to Although hear they'll that. probably get more than that from the CIA. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But it's a time of change, and people out there, they need options. So we, we are huge fans of decentralization here on Free Talk Live. I announced the other day on the Free Talk Live website, sent it out via an email alert that we're doubling down on decentralization here on Free Talk Live. We've already had certain things that were self-hosted, and you know it's, it's hard to really call a self-hosted thing decentralized, but when it's federated, I think you can get away with calling it more decentralized um, I call that polycentric mm-hmm. and polycentric is a big improvement over monocentric mm-hmm. um many centers but, yeah mm-hmm. uh but at the same time i'm looking forward to the day when the line between client and server is is raised Blurred. and mm-hmm. 
basically everybody who's running the client has a server on their mm-hmm. system that's gathering up the the content in the background because then it's unstoppable. Yep, without and, stopping everybody. Yeah, and we're not there yet, but you know these uh, things like Mastodon are a good middle ground or matrix Uh, mastodon is a twitter clone that is available free it's open source so anyone who's got the chops computer you know tech tech wise can install this on a linux server and and you can have your own social media platform so we did that this weekend and launched it a couple of days ago at social.freetalklive.com so you can go there and you can sign up and it's not a big tech platform it's run on our servers so you know we're the ones who are in charge of it which means we don't really want to be in charge of anything because we're libertarian type so don't give us a reason to and you know you won't you won't lose your account right like if if you're not a problem we want to we want to leave you alone and if you do there's a thousand other places you can go right and one of the nice things about liberty or about mastodon Mm -hmm. is for example i had my uh my account on a server called liberdon yep and i was able to uh move my account from Liberdon to the new oh, you Free Talk Live system, oh, good. and all of my subscribers were unsubscribed from yep. my Liberdon and resubscribed to my Free Talk Live account. I also did that, although you don't have to. You could you have left have them to. both going if you wanted to. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and you I can just, always reactivate the old account later on if you, uh, if you Yeah, I mean, maybe you guys will get mad at me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want that nobody on our account. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'll, I'll go, go back over here. where I came from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, and you can download your your you know data as well from the site too, so you can keep yeah. a copy of it uh, if need be, which is nice, very nice. So check out social.freetalklive.com. Also, liberdon.com is a great site too, and that's they yeah, were the I original. They were the original. They've uh, they've had a lot of success over there. But I figured, you know what? Now we can have two. I think now we can have. Mm-hmm. There's room for for two at least, maybe more. There uh, can be only one. Yeah. Well, initially <laughs> I thought, okay, this is cool. We don't need to see more than one. Yeah. And there was one was good enough. But now with all the attacks on freedom of speech, I feel like the the more the merrier at this uh, point. Yeah, because it would yeah. be very difficult to deplatform us. We're not using. Uh, AWS, we're right. not using any of the big boy tech services. We do, I'm not going to say where it is, but there are backups available already for Free Talk Live. So if nice. the host, which is outside of the United States, if the host does decide to mess with us, uh, we've, we're ready to roll as far as just within a matter of hours, we'll be back up and running somewhere else. Nice. So, so you know, we, we have a plan in place for that sort of thing. And is the data regularly being copied over to those backups? Oh, yeah. So it's going to come up hot? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yep. So uh, check that out. Social.freetalklive.com. But that whole decentralizing thing also includes not just your social media, but also your money and mm. being able to take, and this comes back around to what we talked about in the first hour. Where the government gang can just swoop into your bank account and take it all out, take yeah. it all away. And then what do you do? Well, if you've got cryptocurrency, you just go to your crypto because they can't touch that. They don't have access to your Bitcoin or Dash or Bitcoin Cash or whatever various Monero, whatever cryptocurrencies. Right. The Monero, they can't well, even see how much you have. But speaking of Monero, there is an alarming development on that front, is which there? is I got an email uh, from Bitrex, mm-hmm. that's my oh, yeah. that's my uh, that's your exchange. That's my exchange telling me that they were delisting Monero and Dash, Dash, yep. and some other coins. And this is alarming because I mean they've delisted a lot of coins 
quote unquote years. privacy coins. But they've been nothing coins. They've mm-hmm. been crap coins. Right. Uh, they weren't getting trades. It was they, not worth, yeah, worth there, having. There was no. There there wasn't enough business to right. to justify having them. But these are some of the biggest coins out there. These yeah. are like within the top ten of market cap, as I understand. No, uh, Monero no. is not in the top ten. It's probably like twelve or thirteen, and Dash has dropped to like thirty. Really? Yeah. So did but, they give you a reason? Because uh, of privacy. They're private they're taking down all the privacy yeah. coins off their system. They did not say that, but that was what I noticed. Although I didn't even know Dash was a privacy coin. Well, now that's an interesting thing. So Dash is like the weakest of weak privacy coins. They built in a Bitcoin mixer, basically. So there's a Dash mixer that people can use and they called it private send. But the interesting thing was Dash actually after Bittrex did this, they posted on their Twitter account that, oh, we're not as we're just as private as Bitcoin, which is to say we're not private. Dash isn't a privacy coin. So now they're saying they're not a privacy coin, whereas before for years they were saying they were a privacy coin. In fact, you can still go on their website and it says well, there's it's a private true option. Now, um What do you mean? I mean what they're saying is true now because when they said they were a private coin, I don't see them as a privacy coin. Even having a mixer built in, a mixer doesn't make you a privacy coin. What makes you a privacy coin? Uh I would say either uh, zero information proofs, or and I guess that's beyond what technical. I can explain technically. Yeah. Okay, um, but basically, uh, if people can look at the blockchain mm-hmm. and see how much you have, which they can on Dash, then it's not a privacy. Okay. Oh, I agree with you. Like uh, when you're looking at what Dash did for privacy, you got to remember this stuff was 2014 or 2015 when they didn't have Monero. You know, they didn't have uh, I forget what year Monero came out. It was like 2015 or something like that. But basically, it was the earliest of early attempts at quote unquote privacy. So at the time, it was what they could do. And they never did anything else to make it any more private. It was originally called Darkcoin when it first mm-hmm. came out. And then they renamed it because the whole privacy thing made it sound, you know, dark netty and made it sound bad. And so they, they renamed to Dash. What's bad about the Darknet? The Darknet rock. Oh, I agree with you. But, you know, we weren't in charge of Dash, unfortunately. So they made that decision and, uh, and they did that renaming. But for years, they marketed the pri- quote-unquote private send. Mm-hmm. which is this built-in mixer with Dash. And then as soon as Bittrex takes them down for being a privacy coin, that's when they get, went crying to Twitter and said, oh, no, 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 we're, we're not a privacy coin. We, we don't have any privacy at all. But they, it still says it on their website. So there's wow. like two, there's two sort of conflicting opinions coming out of Dash, and it's, it's kind of embarrassing for them, honestly. Yeah that, yeah, that is a little bit. So I don't know. I'm thinking I've, I actually see the price of uh, Monero falling. Mm-hmm. On on Bittrex because you know a lot of people aren't aren't prepared to take their money off Bittrex. They don't mm. know what to do with it. I know how to get my money off Bittrex, so I'm thinking of just turning it all into Monero and pulling it out. There you go. And then okay, you can't buy Monero from Bittrex, but you can buy it from me. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty is our number. If you want to join us here, the uh, head boss over at a gold company is on the attack again against Bitcoin, calling it fool's gold. We'll explain on the way. You can share your thoughts with us. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You may dial in if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Overarching theme over the last several shows has been decentralized 
solutions for social media. There's you know, a lot of people out there that are looking for options. Some people are leaving platforms like Facebook and Twitter, these big tech mega corporate giants, and going to lesser corporate giants like Telegram or Signal, which is definitely an improvement. But there are other things that you might want to consider, like the, uh, the Matrix server that we run. So if you want to do chatting with people, the Matrix system is a uh, federated system, meaning that there are different servers around the world that are connected to one another, but they're also not related in any other way. Like, they're run by different people who don't know one another, but yet they're all connected together in this, what they call, federated system. And so we have one of those servers. You can go to chat.lrn.fm and get step-by-step instructions on how to join that. Mm -hmm. So also, as we discussed, uh, cryptocurrency is a way to decentralize the idea of money and the power of money into the hands of individuals. And that is something that has been going on now for a dozen years. Bitcoin turned 12 uh, just last week. So kudos to Bitcoin for being such an amazing success over the last 12 years, having gone up as high as $42,000 in just the last, uh, just I think the last week it hit forty two grand. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I have to temper that. I think Bitcoin, qua Bitcoin, is overpriced mm-hmm. but then again there's a lot of underpriced spin-offs of yeah. bitcoin out there like bitcoin cash bitcoin cash dash, uh, bitcoin sv B- uh, yeah bsv yeah. dash there's a lot of them out there monero. That, uh, well monero is actually not a spin-off in, 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 that, in that monero was actually created sort of from scratch basically uh, yeah but conceptually it's still a sure. spin-off the concept of the blockchain that's true but they didn't use the bitcoin code mm. is what i mean so mm. monero's most of these other cryptos that are not bitcoin are originally based off of bitcoin meaning somebody took the bitcoin code copied it changed some things and then launched this new thing whether it be dash or mm-hmm. you know a zillion of these other ones there's thousands of them but monero started as its own thing in fact it was also created by an anonymous person and no one knows who created Monero. So Bitcoin was created by an anonymous person calling themselves Satoshi Nakamoto. I forget the name of the Monero programmer. Do you know offhand who the it was? The name that nobody knows? Well, there's a name. There's, oh, okay. a, there's a pseudonym. <laughs> well, you're nobody. I do not know the yeah. pseudonym. Yeah. Maybe nobody did it. Ah, I hope so. <laughs> so Bitcoin has been constantly been attacked over its 12-year history, there's a headline here from marker.medium.com written by James Surowiecki, and it's titled, The Bitcoin Dream is Dead. Bitcoin's recent 25% plunge illustrates why it will never be a true currency. Hasn't it already retraced that? It has. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess that story's dead. Well, <laughs> he's, he's got a point that to make. That didn't age well. He's got a point to make here, and he's going to say, I suspect, that because it can change in its price, it can't be a currency. But uh, let's let's go on with what because Mr. Because the dollar didn't change in its price when it lost 96% of its value? Oh, yeah, but I or imagine he's going to ignore that. not a currency that. either? Yeah, I imagine he's going to ignore that. Yeah, I doubt he'll yeah. mention that. Yeah. It it does kind of break his thesis, right? Because to people, tiny who, little sharp pieces that you could cut yourself. Yeah, from. because people who don't understand, <laughs> you know, economy or the economics, they don't understand. They just look at the dollar and they say, "Well, it's still a dollar." Yeah. They don't. That's Where's exactly. the dollar? Yeah, yeah. Four quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it used to be for those who don't know that the dollar 
had a fixed price in gold. Ah. It had a fixed price in gold right up until, uh, I believe it was FDR's mm-hmm. reign. Mm. It, it even passed the creation of the Federal Reserve. Right. It had a fixed price in gold where you could redeem it for something like one twentieth of an ounce of gold. Mm. Wow. Um, Can you imagine? And yeah, now it's $2,000 right. for an ounce of gold or, or, <laughs> or so. So it's um, down by a factor of 100. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and actually, that, that's true. My 96%, that yeah, was that's a old few numbers. years right. ago. Uh, I calculated that out for a uh, for a paper I did back in college, yep. but not the first time I went to college, the most recent time I went to college. May 22nd, <laughs> 2010, a Bitcoin developer named Laszlo Hynix bought what may have been the most expensive meal in human history when he paid someone 10,000 bitcoins to pick up and deliver him two pizzas from Papa John's. Okay, now this is not how value works first off. Uh, what that pizza cost him is what it was worth that day. It was 1999 yep. at the time, I because think. he could then have taken 1999 and bought back that Bitcoin. I That's don't right. know if he did or not. I hope but he did. He could have. Given that one Bitcoin is now worth more than thirty thousand dollars, those pizzas cost now more than almost forty. In retrospect, somewhere north of three hundred million dollars. Nowadays, of course, no one would think of shelling out Bitcoin for something as mundane as pizza without I, first. Well, not BTC, but. I think we should call that Bitcoin Classic. But uh, <laughs> I think they have that, though, don't they? No, that's Ethereum. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let's call it Bitcoin Classic. Bitcoin Classic, of course, the the uh, or the, old Bitcoin. The, uh, yeah, or, or you know, Bitcoin Legacy, maybe mm-hmm. uh, the uh, which is what computer people call something they don't care about anymore. <laughs> um, because you know the fees will eat you alive. You pay, yeah. you know, ten dollars for a for a, for a pizza and another ten dollars for the mm-hmm. fees. But that's just because Bitcoin Legacy chose not to, not to scale, and Bitco- they did. Bitcoin Cash chose to scale, and they continue all to choose the other boys. Yeah, and they continue to choose to do nothing. They can continue because yeah. they could choose. They could, you know. Decide to raise the block size and scale up and start taking on more transactions per minute. Mm-hmm. And they could have done that at any point. They could do it tomorrow, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. And and that's the big thing is I expect big – I expect the Bitcoin cri- price to collapse at some point, but I expect it to collapse while all of the alts fail to collapse. That's what I'm mm-hmm. hoping to see and that's what I'm looking to see. So, going on here, uh, it says no one would think about shelling out Bitcoin for something as mundane as a pizza without first thinking about how much money they might be giving up in the future. And he's right about this, because it is hard to get people who are into cryptocurrency to spend the cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. It's a real challenge. And people who should know better will want to just hold on to it because they don't want to lose it. But what they don't seem to realize is they could acquire it again. Like, if you go out and spend your crypto, you can just turn it right around and buy more of it. So it's not like there's, you know, you're going to run out. There's other people willing to sell it at the same instance you're willing to But people don't want to spend it at spot mm-hmm. and then rebuy it at spot plus 10%. So yeah. in order to get people to feel Well, they wouldn't want to do it at 1% it. either. Oh well, they would be a lot more likely to do it at one mm-hmm. percent. I mean, but they won't because it's still losing money, and that's the reason uh, why even it's even if it, if even if you could get it at spot, some people still wouldn't spend it because they can spend on their credit card and get one or two percent back. 
Um, well, maybe. I mean, it's a level of, it's a question of how cheap you are. And to mm-hmm. some extent, I mean, certainly I was very resistant. I know we threw a couple of times over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- I was very resistant when I was a hurting unit sure. to spending any Bitcoin because that was, that was my nest egg. That was my future. Right. And now I'm much more likely to spend some Bitcoin because... Uh, you know, I'm no longer in that hand to mouth kind of place where I'm yeah. hurting. And you can't I'm do able- activism if you don't. I mean, you can't be as effective at it. You can do activism if you don't have any resources. But if you have some resources, yeah. it's easier to do activism. Yeah, and and but now I've got a. I've taken an oath of poverty, and the church takes care of me, and I'm mm-hmm. good. Not not the uh, well the your the, church the church that I yeah. actually work for, which right. is Church of the Invisible Hand, uh, which is. Affiliated with, but not a subsidiary of. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, going on here, he says, in the years since Hynek's splurge, Bitcoin has gone from being an interesting experiment in decentralized finance to being the best performing asset of the decade, rising more than... Of the decade of history. Is it of history? I. It has to be. Yeah, it could what be. What else has gone 100,000x? This actually is claiming it's gone uh, 10 million x since 2010. Yeah, I, and, I didn't want to yeah. go there because I haven't run the numbers, but I suspect he's correct. Or at least 10 million percent. Uh, and jumping 220 percent last year alone. There's a Bitcoin ticker on every finance website. Legendary investors like Paul Tudor Jones, Bill Miller, Stanley Drucken, Druckenmiller uh, speak approvingly of its prospects. And companies like Square and MicroStrategy have invested their corporate cash into Bitcoin. Despite being extraordinarily risky and volatile, as evidenced by the 25% drop it took between last Friday and Monday afternoon. And it took a whole week to make that up. Jeez, I'm hurting. Bitcoin has, in some sense, been admitted to the club and is now seen by many as a plausible competitor to assets like gold. So we'll Another what... reason to use other cryptocurrencies. But then he says Bitcoin has lost its original reason for being along the way. And we'll talk about that coming up. Hour three's next. It's Free Talk Live. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Coinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Coinomi on Twitter, it takes five seconds, and tell them AnyPay sent you, because they're on the fence right now, and your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now. Or even better, leave a review in the App Store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. Bitcoin, once again, under attack. People claiming that it's dead. Bitcoin has died. It's very much alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 603-283-6160. You know, I just love pulling these stories out when they happen, because they do happen again and again. And it's just, it's fun to always... Bring up the same old stories, even though it's new. Yeah. This is freshly written. It's uh, once again trotting out the same old excuses about why mm. Bitcoin is so bad. They say that it can never be a true currency because it's volatile. And we'll get into it uh, here a little bit further. 
Wow. Well, I'd you know I'd rather have a currency that goes up and down than one that just goes, goes down, down. <laughs> which is the I dollar. mean, and, unless they come up with a blowjob backed yeah. currency, in which case, let's not go there. Uh, so, Ian, nobody, and Angie in the studio here tonight. The article from Medium.com, Marker.Medium.com. James Surecki. He says he is a columnist. Uh, in the past, he was a writer for Slate and the New Yorkers. That should give you some sort of idea. And his of- financial creds are impeccable because he's predicted 10,000 of the last zero deaths of Bitcoin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he says along the way, he was talking about back in the day when somebody bought Bitcoin or they used Bitcoin to buy some pizzas back in 2010. It was sort of the first known transaction for a real life item. Uh, it was uh, at the time... 10,000 bitcoins was what was about 20 bucks worth at the at the time and so that's what the those pizzas cost and now he's saying along the way between now and then something odd happened bitcoin completely lost its original reason for being bitcoin was after all not designed to be a speculative asset it was designed to be a currency a new medium of exchange that people could and would use to transact daily business with each other that's oh, like all the other cryptocurrencies still are that's why we call it a cryptocurrency when bitcoin was first introduced into the world in 2008 in a white paper its mysterious creator who dubbed himself satoshi nakamoto described it as quote a purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash which would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution unquote he also billed bitcoin as quote an electronic payment system based on cryptographic proof instead of trust allowing any two willing parties to transact directly with each other without the need for a trusted third party unquote like a bank or a credit Mm -hmm. card company uh and that's all true that's you know it's all there in the bitcoin white paper which does describe it as electronic cash and indeed that's one of your complaints nobody about bitcoin the original btc bitcoin is that it's not very useful these days as an electronic cash so to to that point not he's correct you've got a big pile of money yeah yeah and to, yes to that he's correct and if he's going to come in and chime in about all the other cryptocurrencies that are doing just fine and have fees that are a fraction of a penny then i'll take back every nasty thing i said about it. i expect he's going to completely ignore all of the other cryptocurrencies in isn't this, it in funny this how the mainstream media always seems to ignore all of the currencies that haven't been sabotaged yeah <laughs> right and and the sabotage is an interesting thing about uh bitcoin like why did this happen well there's some theories out there about that why yes. did bitcoin this electronic cash, which for years was very cheap to spend. It was less than a cent in a lot of cases, or at one cent. It's worth a Bitcoin to send transactions of up to you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, it didn't matter what the amount of the transaction was. What Bitcoin was based on, as far as the fees were concerned, was the size of the transaction, meaning the size in bytes, how much computer data was being transacted. And even with a large transaction in, in bytes, it was still a very, very small price. But what happened was the Bitcoin network got full of transactions because it got popular, and they never scaled it up to where it could handle more than, what is it, three transactions a second or something seven. like that? It's, is it seven a second? Very, very small number of transactions. So, yeah. as And it, that, was the first, that was the thing that made me scoff. I remember when you first told me mm-hmm. about Bitcoin. Uh, and I said, how how much how much bandwidth can it handle? And you said, seven transactions a second. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, what's that? You know, Visa handles 10,000 times yeah, that. They do. <laughs> 
What is it? It's a starting point. It was yeah, a starting point. It, it was. And unfortunately, and, they're you know, frozen. The amazing thing about a dancing bear isn't how well it dances. It's that it dances how at all. How hard would it be for them to do that? Not hard at all. They have to change yeah. one variable. They have to change yeah. the block size from one megabyte to eight or 32 mm-hmm. or whatever number. And they, they have a good be. reasoning, I'm assuming? Well, that's where no. the conspiracy comes into play. So Bitcoin became mm-hmm. popular. And it started to attract the attention of the old money people, mm-hmm. like MasterCard and people like that, who are threatened by the existence of cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. like Bitcoin. Because we can do their job way better than they can. They have to charge 3% to be profitable. Yeah. And, you know, Bitcoin Cash can do it at a fraction of a penny. Right. So what happened, apparently... Now, this is, you know, this is a conspiracy theory, but there's evidence for it, okay? So it's not like, the conspiracy part is that they want to take down Bitcoin. The facts are that MasterCard and other big, you know, banker types are mm-hmm. investors in something called the Digital Currency Group, or DCG. Mm-hmm. DCG is an investor in a company called Blockstream. Blockstream started to pay the Bitcoin developers, a lot of them, not all of them, because it's an open source project, mm-hmm. so they don't pay them all, but they, they pay some of the key developers of Bitcoin. And they started doing this, what, like 2016 or somewhere in that range? Mm-hmm. Uh, so at some point, this sort of decentralized project took on a little more of a centralized feel because they started to pay these developers, this Blockstream company, which is funded by people like MasterCard. And like big banks like AXA, which is one of the largest European international banks out there. So there's big banker money that's going into the development of Bitcoin now. So Mm -hmm. if that's not a corrupting influence on Bitcoin, uh, I don't know what is. So is it Mm -hmm. due to the behest of these big bankers that they're Mm -hmm. killing, that they're trying to like strangle Mm -hmm. Bitcoin in the cradle, so to speak here, not allow allow it to to grow, you know, and and serve the people that it Mm -hmm. could be serving? Because right now it's it's really lagged. It's really slow. The fees are insane. And all they got to do is change that one thing, but they won't do it. And there's another thing which is really fascinating, which is if you watch the mainstream media, there's only one coin they talk about. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. They don't talk about the hundreds of coins that can do Bitcoin's job better than Bitcoin does it. I've seen Ethereum get some mainstream media okay, coverage. Ethereum is the other exception. Mm-hmm. It's true. And Ethereum's also loaded up with transactions, and it's mm-hmm. very expensive to, to transact on, on Ethereum as well. So, yeah. so is it true that the big bankers are you know, wielding their influence to try to strangle Bitcoin? And, and Maybe they're, they're just stupid, and they think this is the best way to advance it. Yeah, I don't know. But... Then how did they get rich? (laughs) So uh, let me go on, though, with this guy's statement. So he's pointing out that Bitcoin isn't electronic cash anymore. And and interesting, that's the way it's being marketed by the advocates of Bitcoin now. They don't talk about it as cash. They don't talk about it as currency. They talk about it as a store of value, which is what they call it. Doesn't make much sense because the value of Bitcoin is in its ability to process transactions. Indeed. And so Securely and how safely. can you be a store of value without actually being the best in class at doing what you do or even anywhere near the best in class? Yeah. It's got an incumbency. So people still, you know, they want it. People mm-hmm. are talking about it. That's why it's getting purchased. But it's not particularly useful at all these yeah. days. And the other thing is a lot of the money that's forcing the price of Bitcoin up 
is coming in because it's the only coin that's attached to the futures market. Does now, it- if you've been involved in uh, or, or nearly the only coin, it's the only one I know of which is attached to the futures market. Now, the interesting thing about that is if you've been in precious metal for any time one of the things that you've learned probably if 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 you have the you know the sense that god gave a walnut is that the futures market can be very easily manipulated mm. for example you can't get physical delivery of silver or gold from the futures market most of the time because that would require them to tether the price to reality and they don't want to do that you had a question angie i don't know if you've got time to i didn't know it if it was hard to transfer bitcoin into some other kind of currency not at all. It depends. And does it cost you quite a bit to do that? It depends. Only to send it. So okay. we'll continue here uh, in moment. 603-283-6160 is the number. You can join us on Free Talk Live. at 603-283-6160. You dial and bring up whatever you want. 603-283-6160. We're talking about another hit piece against Bitcoin. In fact, more than one. Uh, Peter Schiff is going to be on the attack as well. You've got that story, nobody, that you sent to me about calling Bitcoin fool's gold. But first, we continue here. I also want to let you know about an alternative to Bitcoin. It's called Divi. Now, there are thousands of cryptocurrencies out there competing with Bitcoin. Divi, you want to take a look at because, well, first of all, there's pro-freedom people that are behind the creation of it. Uh, but secondly, Divi has super easy to create masternodes. I mean, it is strikingly easy. All you got to do is download the Divi full node wallet uh, and you can set up a masternode as long as you have enough Divi to do that. Now, if you need to acquire Divi, you can do that through multiple exchanges or get it straight from the Divi team. You can get in touch with them directly via their Telegram channel. And now more people have Telegram than ever before. Uh, oh, yeah. Go to the front page of DiviProject.org, D-I-V-I Project.org. Learn more about Divi and uh, get in touch with the Divi team at DiviProject.org. So the guy at... Uh, if you are one of those new people on Telegram, feel free to look up the uh, uh, Elect Nobody group that's on Telegram, or if you want to check out Freedom Cells uh, and maybe form a local organization to work for freedom in your area i suggest searching for that too there's a lot out there on on telegram but you got to go find it it won't come jump up in your face that's true (laughs) uh so marker.medium.com james sarecki saying bitcoin isn't what it used to be saying that bitcoin's dream is dead and here's why he says it will never be a true currency citing the volatility but going on he points out that bitcoin was originally marketed by satoshi nakamoto as a peer-to-peer electronic cash and now it's not as cashy as it once was he points out that uh, you know you don't need to have a third party to 
deal with a Bitcoin transaction as far as like a bank or a credit card company. And that's exactly what the Bitcoin pizza guy was doing on that day in 2010, sending an electronic payment directly from himself to another person without any third party being involved. Now, we're ignoring the the miners. Obviously, those are third parties, but they're part of a network and Mm. they're not sort of independent. He may have unknowingly made a terrible investment decision, but he was using Bitcoin exactly as it had been designed to be used. And I don't agree that it was an investment decision. It's an important thing to be able to use Bitcoin as money. Bitcoin was supposed Pizza's to... This is an investment. <laughs> it's an investment it? keeping you alive, I suppose. Uh, but that, that's what Bitcoin was intended to be used. And if no one ever used Bitcoin to buy anything, then it wouldn't be worth anything. Yeah, it'd be a store of what value? It'd be a store of some data, just yeah. like any other data. Uh, so it's easy to forget now, says the author, but Bitcoin's promise in those early days was that it would be a new currency, one that could challenge the hegemony of so-called fiat currencies like the dollar, which are issued by governments, by being untraceable money, which of course Bitcoin was always traceable, it's been public since day one, mm-hmm. that would allow people to conduct business cheaply and anonymously. Again, not anonymous. Uh, it's uh, because Bitcoin was designed to have a fixed number of coins, it will have 21 million coins by the year 2140, and then no more. People could use it without worrying about inflation debasing its value. It was kind of a cyberpunk fantasy that enchanted many. And as recently as 2018, Twitter CEO and Square founder Jack Dorsey said, quote, The world will ultimately have a single currency. I personally believe that it will be Bitcoin, unquote. Even- oh, my God, he's an awful economist. Why would the world have a single currency? Well, That's silly. He's a he's a Twitter CEO. I mean, this guy is a centrally controlled kind of guy. He's a bird brain. Yeah. No wonder he's tweeting all the time. <laughs> Even today, you can still find pundits who trumpet Bitcoin's revolutionary possibilities and point to things like PayPal's plan to offer its merchants the ability to transact in cryptocurrencies this year as evidence that that radical change is afoot. The more people hoard Bitcoin, treating it as a speculative asset, the less appealing it seems as a currency, he says. And yet the reality is that Bitcoin has never really functioned as a currency. Almost from the beginning, only a small percentage of Bitcoin transactions have actually been for goods and services. And of those, many have been for illicit goods and services, like drugs or online gambling. And money never gets used for that. (laughs) (laughs) Most Bitcoin transactions, by the way, those those transactions are a very, very small portion of, of Bitcoin. And. It's amazing the things that people think. I saw somebody on 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 uh, Facebook saying, "Well, well, Bitcoin isn't a good currency because I saw where it got stolen sometime." And I, I'm like, "Yeah, I heard the dollars have been stolen a couple of times too. It right. must be a bad currency, even if you don't <laughs> include the times the government stole it from you. Oh There's God, other times. and the constant theft of its value, right?" Uh, and by the way, if you're still buying your drugs with Bitcoin, you need to get up uh, with the current times and start checking out Monero and, and look at uh, the privacy coins because, you know, if you're buying, like, for instance, there was a uh, dark net market recently that went Monero only. Did you hear yeah. about that? Um, the I, White I House think market. that's probably going to be common. And but I, it was the first I like time. the White House market. It hadn't happened market. yet. No one, up until twenty, the end of 2020, no dark net market was Monero only. And finally, the White wow. House market made the flip. They said, you know what? We're turning off Bitcoin. It's too dangerous. If you're our customer, we don't want you to be at risk. We're turning off Bitcoin. Uh, well, it's so, not the customers who are at risk. It's the vendors. But- all of them are at risk. But yes, everybody's, I, I everybody's at risk if you're using Bitcoin for 
buying the darknet. Anyway, blockchain analysis company Chainalysis, for instance, found that in the first four months of 2019, just 1.3% of total Bitcoin transactions involved merchants. And that trend has only accelerated as the value of Bitcoin has soared. Strikingly. So how do they know if you spent some Bitcoin at Porkfest they three don't. years ago? I didn't think they... No. I mean, I, 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 if you bought hot dogs or if you yeah. bought drugs or if you know, they can whatever. only they can they only identify know. identified addresses. So right. if they know which you know uh, whatever companies have Bitcoin out there, so new I don't know if Newegg still takes it. I know they did it one time, or other companies somehow those addresses have have been made public. I presume, and so therefore mm-hmm. they can analyze those. But yeah, so they yeah. they they can only give you a bare minimum of what's going on. Yeah, and and even that, I mean, you may have published one of your Bitcoin addresses, but if you're using a modern wallet, You've got it a bunch. generates a new one right. for each transaction. Strikingly, despite the speculative fervor that has surrounded Bitcoin, the total number of transactions has risen only mildly over the past two years. And that number is so small relative to the total number of electronic bank and credit card transactions as to be barely worth mentioning. On average, there are now around 325,000 Bitcoin transactions, including trades, per day. There are roughly a billion credit card transactions per day. How many cryptocurrency transactions are there per day, all told? I mean, I, I doubt anybody's doing the math. That's but, a good question. But it would be interesting to look at what uh, at what uh, Coin Market Cap, for example, had to say about the top three hundred. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, Coin Market Cap and sites like it, Coin is another one. The the total global market cap, at least, of all the cryptocurrencies that they identify, which currently is over eight thousand of them, is over a trillion dollars. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, remember when it was nothing. No, I don't remember that, but uh, but yeah. You don't remember? I wasn't around in 2009 with Bitcoin. I didn't know anything about well, it. Well, you were around in 2009. But you I remember when it was nothing. You I just didn't know about yeah, it I didn't when know it was about nothing. It. Right, it was so. nothing. <laughs> I don't know if that means I remember it. Uh, anyway, 603-283-6160 is our number if you want to join us here. More about what he says is the failure of Bitcoin. The Bitcoin dream is dead. But is it? If you want to weigh in, you can join us here. I'm not quite dead. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com it's free talk live our number here is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 bitcoin once again the hit piece is coming out as soon as it dips down in price the hit pieces come out they call it a bear market and bitcoin is doomed Mm. yeah yeah, they they started report, reporting a bear market the day it pulled back. Yep. And I'm like, my God, they must have really good crystal balls. But then, of course, when it went back up, they realized that, no, they've got really bad balls. <laughs> <laughs> Anypay 2.0 is here, and cryptocurrency payments are now faster than ever. If you're using Edge Wallet, HandCash, Bitcoin.com's wallet, or Dash Wallet, your experience will be smooth. 
But some wallets, sadly, they're not ready for this impressive new technology. Those other wallets, they need to hear from you. If you're one of them, if you're one of their users, if you use Coinomi or Exodus Wallet, which are great wallets, but they just don't have this feature, and they need to. Uh, also, RelayX, Bread Wallet. The contact information for those wallets is at anypayinc.com slash upgrade. You can reach out. If you're one of those users, reach out to those wallets, reach out to the programmers, and let them know you want them to be able to be made uh, to be useful for payments with AnyPay. Anypayinc.com slash upgrade. You can learn more about why some wallets work and others don't and what you can do about it uh, as a participant in the marketplace. Your voice matters, but you, you've got to be heard. You've got to let those people know what you want, and AnyPay will help connect you to them. Anypayinc.com slash upgrade as we go to uh let's see here back to the story from marker.medium.com the author here saying bitcoin isn't what it was originally advertised as and he's right so far about that he's right that the bitcoin programmers are no longer marketing it as a version of electronic cash but instead calling it a store of value and that seems to be all they want for it mm-hmm. they don't want it to be useful to actually transact business to buy and sell things and uh, going on here with his analysis but then how is it a store of value i'm sorry i keep coming back to that it's well, not a store of value if it's not being used well it is being used it's just that's not being marketed for that it's no longer being mm. told you know p- pointed out to people hey this is a currency and it wouldn't be useful for us for small purchases because they've crippled the, the currency they've crippled the features uh mm. on bitcoin and they've and arguably they've purposefully done this because they certainly yeah. know how to fix it and they haven't fixed it which is the reason why bitcoin cash came out in 2000 or 2017 in the first mm. place is because of that disagreement where the programmers couldn't agree on how to move forward with uh expanding bitcoin's network capacity and they, uh, the, because they couldn't agree, one team said, well, we're just going to do it on our own and we're going off in this direction. And then the other team said, all right, well, we're just going to do nothing. And the team that went off in the other direction to, to scaling and to increasing the block size like we talked about is called Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. And today they're like the number six or seven largest cryptocurrency uh, on the planet by, by market cap. Nice. So, oh, and by the way, Kim.com is now backing Bitcoin Cash. Do you do you know who nice. Kim.com is? No. He's the guy who's behind uh, or was behind the site MegaUpload.com back in the day. It was a site people used for file sharing. They would like upload okay. upload things to their uh, Mega Upload, and then they'd give a download link to their friends. So if sure. you had, you could use it for legal purposes. But some people were storing things like CDs or uh, DVD videos on there that weren't entirely legal uh, to do that. And so the federal government of course, nobody ever it. did that on youtube yeah um and youtube <laughs> hasn't been prosecuted for it but and won't uh, be. they are rich right but they went after the mega upload founder and his name is he literally changed his name to kim.com that's that's actually his first name k-i-m-d-o-t-c-o-m that's his name kim.com uh and i don't know what his last What's, name is okay but uh anyway he's now backing bitcoin cash as like the next big thing for transactional cryptocurrencies so yeah. there's definitely some movers He's and shakers on the nobody train i've been saying that for a long time <laughs> mm-hmm. i've got that story too i don't know if we're gonna have a chance to get to it here but let me continue with the critic here 
He says, some of the failure of Bitcoin to live up to its promise as a currency has to do with practical problems with the way it works. Most obviously, the fact that its design makes it very slow at processing transactions. For instance, Visa processes approximately 6,000 transactions a second and has the capacity to do many times that. Bitcoin can do seven. So Bitcoin transactions often take a long time to complete, which doesn't work so well if you're trying to use Bitcoin at the local convenience store or even buying something online. Bitcoin's transaction fees have also at different points been shockingly high. During the last Bitcoin boom in 2017, they reached as high, the fees reached as high as $55 per transaction. And while they've come down sharply since then, as recently as last May, it cost more than $6 to buy something with Bitcoin. Just the other day, I sent some Bitcoin to the Bitcoin vending machine here in town, and uh, it cost 10 bucks. What did it cost you to send Bitcoin cash? I did not send Bitcoin Cash, but if it if I had sent Bitcoin Cash, it probably would have been less than a cent or two cents. Groovy. Um, unfortunately, people aren't asking for Bitcoin Cash. That's what like I was getting ready to ask. Is it popular? No, See, it's not. That's the that's the amazing thing, and it seems like the undeserved valuation of Bitcoin is what people what keeps people away from the other cryptos. You yep. know? Well, I think um, the media uh, hypes up Bitcoin, and so right. that's what people know. They don't know and anything media else. As well. When I talk about Bitcoin at home, I say, oh, crypto, and Michael says, you, you mean Bitcoin? And I'm like, yes, yes, that's what I mean. See, I think you're right, and Michael needs to think again, because crypt, the crypto market is healthy as hell, but the market in Bitcoin legacy, not so Well, much. I'm referring to Bitcoin when I say crypto, because that's uh-huh. where my mind goes immediately. Uh, Anything okay. else, I actually say the name of it. Oh, okay. Mm. So you're using Bitcoin interchangeably with crypto. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm. like Kleenex. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's not a problem, he says, if you're making an investment. He's talking about the big fees. But it's a big obstacle if you want to buy a pizza. The more fundamental problem for Bitcoin as a currency, though, has to do with the very thing lots of people like about it. Namely, that the supply is controlled and limited. Because the supply is limited, when the demand for Bitcoin rises, then people or then the value of Bitcoin is going to rise as well. And that's basic economics, oh, right? Who so, wants a currency whose value rises when they can have a currency whose value falls he says so if you believe your bitcoin is going to become more popular then it's foolish to spend it on a pizza you should hoard it and then sell it once its price rises and since you can get along perfectly well without spending bitcoin there's never been anything pushing people to stop hoarding and he's absolutely right about this this point Uh, what pushed me to stop hoarding is I got re- I yeeted all of my dollars mm-hmm. and I had nothing but cryptocurrency and then I had to spend cryptocurrency. And you happen to live in a town where you can easily do that. So that, I mean, that helps. That helps a lot. Uh, <laughs> as he points out, though, the more people hoard Bitcoin, treating it as a speculative asset, the less appealing it seems as a currency. On top of this, the extraordinary volatility of Bitcoin's price, which, as we've seen in the last week, can fall 10 to 20 percent overnight and it can go up 10 to 20 percent mm-hmm. overnight as well. When's the last uh, time your dollars did that? Uh, never. discourages businesses and individuals from accepting Bitcoin in exchange for real goods and services, since few people want to get paid today with something that might be 10% less valuable tomorrow. And he does admit here, finally, in parentheses, that of course it might also be 10% more valuable, but that kind of gamble isn't one most businesses are interested in making. And again, he's correct about this here. See, see, these two things that he's pointing out are very human objections to using Bitcoin as a currency. And these are two of the things that we as cryptocurrency advocates have to help people get over. And there are different ways that we can do that by showing them tools that allow them to relatively quickly cash out 
their mm-hmm. crypto if that's what they want to do. Uh, you even offer a feature, uh, nobody, that you've offered to local business owners, like the guy that runs the Indian uh, restaurant here in town. You've purchased, I believe you've offered to purchase from him and have actually purchased from him some of the cryptocurrency that he's received from customers, and you've done it as a service. You've even paid him, I believe, sure, I paid above him three, spot. I've, I've been known to pay 3% over spot. Uh, there are times when I've paid 5% over spot to get, uh, to get crypto. It all depends on what the market is doing. Now, that's a nice um, feature, but it really doesn't matter if somebody – if the price of Bitcoin goes up 10% in 10 minutes, which could happen mm-hmm. and has happened, uh, then you – know, or if it goes down 10% in 10 minutes, then your 3% gets wiped out. And you wouldn't have even been in the car yet by, you know, by that point to, to get over there. So right. the thing you really need to point out to these business owners is that at this point in time, you're not going to get all your customers paying with cryptocurrency. You'd be lucky if you had 1% of them paying in crypto. It's probably less than half a percent that'll pay in cryptocurrency. So you're not exactly risking your business, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to accept this stuff. Take what you can get. It's a little bit. If and it hold goes on up, to it. Great. Right. If it right. doesn't go up, it's a little bit. Right. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Maybe enough time for you if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're uh, sharing a, a Bitcoin hit piece here by James Sorecki over at marker.media.com. I have to call this a Bitcoin miss piece. Well, <laughs> he's right about some things. That's the thing. He, he is. If you completely ignore the, the other, other cryptocurrencies. Cryptos, yeah. Uh, then he's kind of right. But, yeah. Well, uh, what he's right about is he's right about human nature, at least. He's right that people, when faced with Bitcoin and not knowing about the other cryptocurrencies, when uh, faced with Bitcoin and the question of, do I want to spend this as a currency, as soon as they learn what the fees are, they're going to be like, nope. Nope. And, yeah. then, uh, and, and then if they stop there, they're never going to know about the other cryptos. Mm. And that's when, hopefully, when people learn about how bad the Bitcoin fees are, they'll ask about well what is what can i do about this and then maybe somebody will say hey have you tried bitcoin cash or have you tried dash or have you tried monero so so let me let me give you a mathematical thought if if you're out there thinking about cryptocurrency cryptocurrencies there's one thing that you can spend them on directly and that's cryptocurrency fees okay and so basically if if bitcoin is at $40,000 and a fee is $40 for your average transaction, well, let's say $20 because that's more uh, more reasonable, then basically one Bitcoin will do uh, what, uh, 1,000 tra- or 2,000 mm-hmm. transactions, you know? Whereas if you spend $500 on a Bitcoin cash, it will do many, many more transactions than that. At one cent at, worth at, of per piece or yeah, less. At, at a penny's worth yeah. per piece. That'll do what? You know, uh, 50,000 transactions? Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. So, uh, so yeah, if, it's, if, if you think about it that way, it becomes a no-brainer, you know? Yeah. It's better to buy 50,000 transactions 
uh, than to buy 1,000 transactions at the same price. Right, but people don't know about that yet, and unfortunately, stories like this don't help illuminate those options, and that's sort of our job, to give you the clue of, hey, you might want to check these other things out. Bitcoin has competition, and one of these days, one of these competitors may actually knock it out of its top slot. Will. Indeed. Unless unless they fix Bitcoin. They will be knocked out of the top top position. So his next point here is that business owners are less likely to start taking cryptocurrency if they think that the price can go all over the place. And that is absolutely mm-hmm. true. It is absolutely the main one of the main objections that you'll get from a business owner. If you try to go around and pitch crypto mm-hmm. like we do sometimes to local business owners, the concern is very real that, hey, I, I know this can go up in value, but it can also go down and I got to pay my employees. I got to pay for my products. Mm-hmm. But the answer there is that, look, Bitcoin's so new, hardly anyone's actually using it for crypto or for uh, for for doing currency transactions, the buying things, that mm-hmm. you're barely going to have anyone buying anything with this over over time. But there's enough customers, hopefully, to make, make it so you'll want to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be overwhelming to where you're constantly, every single day, having to exchange you know, Bitcoin for dollars so you can pay your vendors I, and things like that. I don't think that's the right answer. Really? I think the right answer to that is, well, I'll tell you what. I need Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and I have a hard time getting a hold of much of as much Bitcoin as I want. So if you're taking Bitcoin and you don't want to keep it, I'll set up to watch your address, and and every day I will come by mm-hmm. and buy all of your Bitcoin okay. for cash. That's pretty good, but it's still <laughs> only once a day when the price of uh, Bitcoin can dr- you know rise or fall dramatically well, in 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, but the first if, time if that it goes it, up a lot, they're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. You well, know, that's the right thing. Is you know, they and now he's coming, he's going to give me $1,000 for this $200 transaction. Exactly. And they're going to be happy about it. So yes, if it goes exactly. up and down, they're going to think about that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I just have to be very careful to show them the price that I'm buying it mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. And if that price keeps going up, then they're going to be like, they're stop coming say, in. Oh, my exactly. God. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Which is a days? problem for me because, you know, I lose my source of crypto. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's also a boon for me because the more people who are holding crypto. No, I don't I don't disagree with you. Nobody. Do. I think that I think that both of those points is important yeah. to, to give them the ability to get out of it if they want to. Yeah. And to, to let them know that, look, this isn't going to make you or break you. Either way, if you hold yeah. on to it, it's probably better to hold on to it. In fact, most of the local business owners do hold on to it. There's really yeah. only one or two that actually ever turns their Bitcoin into anything else. And they only do it because they're hurting. That's right. I hate to yeah. take it from them, but at yep. the same time, they need the cash. Let me go on here. He says, Bitcoin's transformation from putative currency to speculative asset, in other words, was effectively built into the system from the start. It's where Bitcoin was headed all along. Except no. that's not true. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto actually didn't put a block limit in at the start, from what I understand. He mm-hmm. added it later on, did he not? I don't know. I believe but even he did. If you, even if it was there from the start, you know, a lot of times you build your experimental software with limits in it mm-hmm. and know that once we see how this thing performs, you we raise can take the limit. these limits out right. and once there's call for it. But he left at, I think it was like 2011, he disappeared or she or whoever it is. 
So he goes on here to say cryptocurrencies have emerged. Okay, he, he, he admits cryptocurrencies have emerged in Bitcoin's wake that are better designed to function as currencies. But paradoxically, they're nowhere near as popular as Bitcoin. So that's in parentheses. Mm-hmm. Even though it may have been designed as a payment system and a medium of exchange, Bitcoin's real appeal was inevitably going to be what economists call a store of value, a kind of digital analog to gold. Like gold, Bitcoin is valuable to the extent that people think it's valuable. You buy it because you think someone else will pay more for it in the future and now that's not true okay so that's like the common claim about bitcoin but the reason why gold is valuable isn't because people think it's valuable it's because it's useful because you can put gold into products you make things like pc boards for computers and jewelry and all kinds of other things that people think are useful and pretty and wonderful and they're willing to pay for those things so what do you make out of bitcoin you make a valuable transaction network the value okay. of Bitcoin, the value of Bitcoin is its ability to transact, is its ability yep. to send money securely across the entire world for what was originally a low price and still is with things like Bitcoin Cash and Dash. That's the value. And that's what we got to teach the Bitcoin maximists to get them off that train. And he says, <laughs> like gold, its value can't be inflated away by a central bank. And that's valuable as well when you know mm-hmm. that the government isn't in charge of it. Yep. The fact that Bitcoin has no intrinsic value doesn't mean it's headed to zero. It just means that Bitcoin has some has become totally untethered from its original purpose. What was supposed to be a way to revolutionize people's everyday fan- financial lives is now mostly a way for people to get rich quick or lose their shirts, or in an ideal scenario, for people to protect their wealth against inflation. Bitcoin began as a cryptocurrency, but it has ended as a crypto asset. Okay, well, I take back the bad things I said about this guy, and I'll replace them with one bad thing, which is he made an article about uh, why you should be in other cryptocurrencies instead of Bitcoin legacy, and Mm -hmm. he buried the lead. Without explaining what other cryptocurrencies there were. Until the the end of the story, he didn't give the lead. And even then, it was only in parentheses with no link. Yes. So if you wanted to, you couldn't like click on it and see what he was talking about. So where you should go, let's give them the missing link. Yep. The missing link is Bitcoin.com, there where they go. sell Bitcoin cash, the real Bitcoin. And uh, <laughs> that's what you're looking for or whatever other cryptocurrency you may want. David is on the line here with a, a quick court update from New Mexico. Go ahead, David. Yeah, um, as for that here, one, two, three, as for that hearing tomorrow uh, at 8.30 in the morning that you can attend via telephone if you want to, it's likely to be uneventful, but it's actually uh, uh, what has transpired is because of uh, the the uh, annoying things that I do to them in the courtroom, like object to things. The reason that the, the hearing tomorrow will be uh, rescheduled uh, will is because I objected on the record that my attorney was not uh, properly attending to my case and uh, asked the judge to reprimand her, and uh, he did so. And she's now actually doing her job where she wasn't before, but she's so far behind that she can't even uh, have uh, have the pretrial conference tomorrow. She has to ask for a continuance, mm. and so that's what will be transpiring. But it's all because I was an ass in the courtroom, and I'm getting what I demanded. Well, watch her. Because she may be mad at you, okay? So watch her 
for sandbagging you, for giving the uh, the other side an opportunity to get you by making the wrong argument. Mm. And if she does that, go Fire after her. her for ineffective counsel, mm. and you can get that thing reversed. Out of and time. And she's already been reprimanded, so that makes it easier. For tonight. And uh, check out Nobody at electnobody.com. Yeehaw! And we'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> Online in the meantime, over at freetalklive.com. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand it's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a free, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com.